0: You're listening to the you Mentor Talk Show. I'm your host, Fatima Al-Sayed. On this weekly talk show, we invite experts to take us through their journeys as professionals in their fields. If you have any questions, make sure to leave them in the comment section or ask your questions on our Inspire platform. We wanted to remind you that questions can be asked on the Emoji app, Inspire, or directly on YouTube. Um, and on today's show, we welcome Maryam Dahway Shroud. Maryam is the author of the upcoming book series, To Enter His Gardens. This is a Figs and Olives Publications product. She received a bachelor's degree in journalism and a master's degree in teaching with specialties in English and speech. She's also a wife and a mother of two. Um, so we're going to ask her how she did all of this while raising two kids and running a household. Salaam alaikum, Maryam. How are you?
1: alaykum <laughs> Thank you for having me.
0: It's our pleasure. Um, you know, your journey is so amazing. Um, You started in journalism, tried to work in the industry, like, okay, this is too much. Um, Had to leave to have kids and stay at home a little bit. Um, And now you're the author of a book series, not even just one book, but a whole series, right? Um, So that's an amazing journey. Um, Can you take us through um, what inspired you to get into journalism at the beginning? Let's go to the very beginning
1: the very beginning. (laughs) Mm -hmm. That was like 10 years ago, more than that. Um, (laughs) so I've always loved writing. Uh, I've always wanted to tell stories. I loved, you know, reading about people and feature writing and all that stuff. And I really just didn't enjoy like any other field. I just, I was really, really like passionate about writing. And so I went and did, I got my degree in, um, I went and, you know, pursued my degree at Wayne State University and I enjoyed it. I loved it so much. Um, initially, I went in for sports journalism because I'm a big hockey fan and I did an internship with um, a local sports broadcast station here. Mm-hmm. And that was really fun. It was um it was nice, but I started to realize that it wasn't really like practical for my life uh, when I got married. You know, you got to work a lot of nights and weekends, and like go to all the games and stuff like that. So it just kind of became a little complicated. Mm-hmm. But I still wanted to write, um, and I did a little freelancing around my community. Um, but that's really where journalism started at that like around that time.
0: Um, when you entered the field, did you feel that? it was the right space for you? Did you feel that, um, you know, as a Muslim, you had to, there was some restrictions for you um, and how did that um, affect the way that you sort of pursued your your career?
1: For sure. Um, there were some instances. Uh, I remember when I was, um, I went into the locker room mm-hmm. for the professional, the major league sport players and, and things like that, like to do the post-game interviews with the producers at the time. And, uh, you know, I wasn't comfortable because, you know, the the locker room, they're they're getting dressed and, you know, undressed. And I just felt it really wasn't suitable for me to Mm -hmm. be there. Um, So I did have to, I did find it like, like I had to take myself out of that situation, you know, just because Mm -hmm. it wasn't the right environment for me, you know, as a Muslim woman to be in. Um, So I definitely had to pull myself out of that.
0: It takes a lot of courage to stand up to your own values, Um, especially when the Western society is sort of telling you that um, your hijab is limiting you from doing things, right? Mm -hmm. Um, When we are putting ourselves, I mean, when we are put into these situations, we sort of try to take ourselves out of them. So what do you have to say to someone who is struggling with this, um, with an internship or um, in school where they have to attend activities that doesn't really suit them as Muslims?
1: So I do believe it's so important to be firm in your faith, um, regardless of what you're doing and Mm -hmm. fields that you're going into, because that's how we represent ourselves as Muslims. So we can't really, you know, subhanAllah, like in Islam, the, the fundamental, I feel like principle is that like prevention is better than than cure Mm. so when you are trying to avoid situations um, to not let yourself you know commit certain sins or um, just like kind of bend the rules of Islam for just to kind of fit in uh, I think it's important to try to avoid those situations like for example if there's like a a work function or something where there's like alcohol involved, you know, it's just best to like stay away from that. And I've had that happen to me where like in college, you know, they're like the teachers and the the teacher and the mm-hmm. professor and the students were like, Hey, let's after class, you know, it's our last day of class. That's everyone's going to go to the, uh, the bar. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I had a great relationship with everyone in the class, but that's just not something that I'm willing to, I'm not going to go to the bar and compromise my beliefs, you mm-hmm. know, and sit in an environment where it's just not necessary for me, you know? Yeah. So you gotta be firm with those values for sure.
0: Especially when you're, um, let's say, on your first couple of days of your internship and you wanna make a good impression on people,
1: yeah. they
0: tell you, you know, we're gonna go have drinks after. Um, why don't you come with us? And you're like, okay, I'm gonna be missing out on like a big opportunity to try to, um, you know, get a job later on because this is time. how they build relationships. Mm-hmm. But is it worth it? Is it really worth compromising my identity and who I am and my firm beliefs? Um, and you come to the conclusion that no, it's not worth it. You know, No matter what, Allah always has a plan for us. So when we stand firm in our beliefs, we can actually, uh, we'll, we'll get greater things in the future. Um, and I love that your books really sort of, Portray that for kids, you know, standing true themselves to themselves and who they are. Um, Shelly, you're going to tell us a little bit about your books, but let's go through your journey um, in your master's program.
1: So I remember I was doing some substitute teaching, like kind of just as like a side side thing, like when I was I was still didn't have my kids yet. And I really enjoyed being in the classroom setting. I enjoyed working with the kids. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed teaching. You know, for, I did some long-term positions as well. So I actually did teach. It wasn't like a day-to-day position. But I found myself really enjoying that. And I decided to continue my education and can get my master's degree in teaching. And, of course, the specialties that I, I love, which was writing, English, and um, speech.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And so I really did. I enjoyed that. I did really well. Um, And I finished that in about three years after my bachelor's degree. Did it all like while pregnant, had Mm a daughter, and then finished off my student teaching and and I graduated. So I I felt really proud of that moment.
0: Did you find uh, an added difficulty after you had your kids? um, And what caused you to pause everything for a while?
1: For sure. I mean, kids are a full time job. <laughs> I, mean, I even tried to do a blog at one point, you know, cause I was home and I was like, let me just get on Instagram and share some of the, you know, mommy things that I do. And I started to realize like, even this is taking up so much time. You can't, mm-hmm. you have to give them your full attention, you know, and my husband works a lot. Um, he owns a business. Yeah. And um, so it's, it's, it's hard when you're trying to manage it all by yourself, you know, the the house and kids and all of that stuff. So it was really time consuming and it took up a lot of like of my, my energy and attention. So I really did. I had to pause any sort of career aspiration at that point, but I won't um, regret it. I, I yeah. loved that time.
0: I was going to ask you, what is the importance of the role of a mother?
1: It's everything. Um, it's everything. It's the foundation of a family. Mm-hmm. Um, And even in Islam, of how high they're revered moms, I I mean, heaven lies beneath their feet. I mean, that just says enough. Uh, The role of a mother is so important. so critical um, to raising the child, to the nurturing needs of the child, to everything. Um, Mm -hmm. I mean, I look at my own mom and I just, I don't know what I would do without her, even till this day. Uh, I mean, I'm 32 years old and I'm a mom myself, but I still need my mom, you know? Um, And I'm sure a lot of people can attest to that.
0: Yeah. Um, I think we can speak to a a sort of taboo within our culture where um, if you're working um, and not at home, then you're considered not a good mother. And if you are at home staying with your kids, then you're considered, oh, you're just a mom, you know? Um, Did you ever feel that kind of, uh, I don't know, it's that look that they give you like, oh, so you studied this and what are you doing with it now? Yeah. You know, throughout those 10 years. And how did that make you feel? And what did you do about it at the time?
1: So I did get some people, you know, will say, well, what are you going to do? You know, when you're when you're what, why are you like, what are you doing at home all day? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's so infuriating as a mom. And, and it's like, both are very difficult to do. Yeah okay to work and be out of the house all day and come home and continue the responsibilities that you may have are hard to do but it's also people don't realize the not only physical toll that being home and raising children has on a person but the emotional toll you know you're dealing with the tantrums you're dealing with trying to make them feel better you're you're, you're a hundred things you know so um when people tell me, like, what are you going to do all day? It's like, what do you mean? Like, you don't, I wish you were a fly on the wall in my house to see all the things that I do. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, I I know that this is where I'm, this is right for me. This works mm-hmm. for me. This works for my family. Um, So I didn't... It, it did bother me because I felt like I came from a place from ignorance from yeah. you know, people who would say things like that. But at the end of the day, like I did what worked for me and my family and I was happy.
0: Um, what advice do you have to other moms who are going through this right now where they feel like they want to pursue their career, but their current life is not allowing them to.
1: So I say, be patient. Mm-hmm. I say that there is a time for everybody. Um honestly, I didn't know for me this was my direction. I I I found to want to write later on as my kids got older, like as an author. Mm -hmm. Um, but I I would tell them just be patient. You know, your time will come. Enjoy the time that you have with your kids when they're young. These times are so precious, they fly by so quickly. Mm Soon enough, you're gonna be looking at photos of them when they were like six months old and they're in front of you at five years old, and you're like, where did time go? So seriously cherish those moments and you will inshallah god like you know you will have the opportunity if you really want to to eventually do the things that you know you hope and you Mm ask
0: and like you said at the beginning um you said uh oh this was 10 years ago but 10 years for you went by so fast right
1: oh my god it's Mm -hmm. like, like even i still remember every detail of being in the Detroit Red Wings locker room. Like it was like it was yesterday. I could smell like, like the, just the ice and all of that. oh you know? I literally, it's like such a distinct memory. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it flies, it flies by.
0: It's such an amazing experience um for you to have under your belt as well. So, um, you yeah, know, that's incredible.
1: It's not a lot of things. It's not like not a lot of people would think that yeah. I had that experience. <laughs> or that, that, you know
0: as a Muslim and a hijabi, you'd be so interested in sports. And so, you know, but, um, when you look at it, like we're human too. Yeah. We have these, um, passions
1: and everything. Like I remember, Um, uh, sorry. I remember going to, um, a game mm -hmm. and I would purposely say like things about the game. Like I would be like, oh, that's offsides or that's icing. Or I would say something like, like, a little bit louder so that people don't think I'm there for my husband. Like, I'm there for me. Like, he's there for me, you <laughs> know? how so
0: funny. Yeah. Did you go and fill out gear and
1: everything? Oh, my God. I was crazy fan. Like, it was just borderline sick. <laughs> it was really bad. Like and, and I think anybody who went to high school with me at the time would be able to, like, tell you, like, yeah, she was, like, that's all she ever talked about. Because I really did. <laughs> I was really crazy about them.
0: Something you mentioned in our interview was that this passion for sports translated into this passion for um, Islam and writing and children's books. So can you take us through your journey of what inspired you to write to enter his gardens?
1: Sure. Um, So I started, well, I'll tell you this. Um, My my grandma, when she passed away,
0: Mm
1: -hmm. um, that was a huge, it left such a big impact on me. I had never Mm -hmm. had anybody like super close to me. um well, I did have somebody pass my other grandma passed away as well, but like my my maternal grandmother um, was the first time I saw her like buried like into the ground. Mm. It's the first time I saw anybody buried <laughs> into the ground um hey, is it- you know, a special community for this, right?
0: because they're usually you don't really watch the burials in countries that are outside of, let's say Lebanon or yeah, uh, you know, back home. So this is a very special kind of uh thing that we are allowed to do here. Yeah.
1: And I'm honestly so thankful for it because mm-hmm. just watching her enter the, you know, her her grave, it was just so monumental for me. Like mm-hmm. it was very just eye-opening. And I we I've said this in a in a previous video, but I, I would walk, I walked away that day and I got in the car with my husband. Everyone's, everyone left. And I just said, we left her all alone. Like she grew up and mm-hmm. she had this huge family and, you know, you know, seven kids and like 70 grandkids. And we're all just, she's alone now. And she took nothing but her Ahmed.
0: But what an impact she had, right?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, absolutely. She was an amazing, amazing woman. Um, and just like leaving that day started having me really reflect about, God, what have I done? Like, what have I done thus far? You know, I, sure, you know, we we do the bare minimum, right? But I just started to do my own research and really develop like this love and understanding of Islam and, and, and trying to get to know God. And this journey was so amazing for me that I started to even like realize like the more that I got to know God and the more spiritual I felt like I was feeling, I, I I started to change. I, I felt myself start to change. And within my dress, within my attitude, within my behavior, and I'm still a work in progress. I have a long way to go. But I just, I did see those parallels with like how much I love the Red Wings at the time and how I wanted to do everything about the Red Wings and wear everything Red Wings. And then now it's like, no, my passion's changing. Mm-hmm. My passion is you know Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and getting to know him and it's it's so uh it's such a more fulfilling route mm-hmm. um and so that's why I was like okay like I just I'm I'm really feeling passionate about about this and you know reading books to my kids was something that is something that I love to do and I would always buy them like Islamic books like there's we're very fortunate because now we have a lot yeah, of alhamdulillah. we do we have a lot of like resources. we didn't
0: have that growing up
1: no not at all um but we like i would read them like you know there's a couple like i can wear hijab anywhere or i can make to mm-hmm. anywhere um but i just felt like i wanted to write something that was missing
0: mm-hmm.
1: and what was missing was like that generate that older kind of age group that right now i feel is facing a lot of challenges mm-hmm. um especially as Muslims, um, so like in social media and the materialism and all of that stuff. And I just said, I want to write something that I would want my kids to read and to feel like they're represented, they're not alone, and that you know they can, they can learn from.
0: Mm-hmm. That's incredible.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, yeah, We have a video that you can sort of walk us through each uh, book. Um, we'll put that up right now.
1: Yeah, so these are this is Perceive, Believe, Achieve. This is one of my favorite books. It talks about um just the existence of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and his miracles. Um mm-hmm. yeah, this is one of my favorites, probably my favorite out of the mm-hmm. series. Pray, pray, pray um really just kind of goes into not only the, the technicalities of prayer, but the importance of prayer and why mm-hmm. it's so important. A bold believer. Um, just having that firm belief and that conviction, the unwavering faith, that's what this book is. About. This one is more about like peer pressure um, in class. If you feel left out, you know, you have an answer, you have a reply. And modesty is, you know, the hijab that is not just, you know, the physical hijab, but the behavioral hijab, or the etiquette mm-hmm. of um, the moral etiquette for men and women. And it's this five book project that I really hope becomes a keepsake in every Muslim household. And I loved, I loved the journey Mm -hmm. and represented by, presented by Fitz and Olive's publications. This is Nakhar Jaber's book but why is hijab so special with like, it has a beautiful detailed journey of a girl who tries to figure out the importance of hijab and what makes it special. So I'm excited for you guys to have my books and Tahar's book.
0: Inshallah. Inshallah. Um, and there's a book launch um, coming up. Um, today is November 10th. It's on the 16th, I believe, right?
1: Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, we're really, really excited for the book launch event. Um, my community has been so supportive. Um, and it's kind of like an exclusive event just for Dearborn. Um, we're already almost at capacity, which is honestly so amazing um november 16th at 6 p.m at habib's cuisine um the closed date like we're gonna like cut off the registrations on november 14th. Mm-hmm. um and anybody who buys the book from now until then the 14th will be entered into a raffle to win a ziyara trip of their choice so it's really really exciting and um this show will yeah. go
0: live on the 12th. So if people are watching it right now, it is November 12th. Um, so I guess they have a day or two to sign up if they want to last minute.
1: Yes. And the register link is in my bio um, mm-hmm. at Mariam D. Shrara and uh, in Sahar's bio as well. So at Sahar Sheber,
0: And we'll put that up on the screen. Maryam D. Shrara. Um, to... Yeah. Um, okay, so something that um, I wanted to bring up is the process of writing your books. How long did it take you? Why did you choose to publish with Fix and Olive's publications? Um, what was that kind of like uh, process for you from beginning to publishing to now?
1: So I actually first started, um, it was like a, a book about hijab. It's so funny. It, it was a book about hijab and I just was like, you know, I should really like write, you know, about this. And just as I was learning, you know, I just, like I said, I, I got really passionate about it. So
0: mm-hmm.
1: I wrote a book about hijab and I shared it with like my sisters and my my brother-in-laws and my sister-in-law. And they really loved it. And they were like, oh, my God, like this is amazing. Uh, we love it. And I just enjoyed The process of doing that so I continued like like the same style of writing but a different subject and a different topic Mm -hmm. so I I I wrote three of them initially and um, I was talking to my cousin um, Zainab and I was telling her like about how I was considering self-publishing and all this stuff and she's like well do you know Sahar Jaber and I said no I don't and she told me, she's like, she has a publication company. It's called Figs and Olives. She's like, so awesome. I love all her posts. So I went into her page and I and I messaged her. And she responded back and she was like, okay, I'll, I'm going to look over your stuff. And she did. And she was like, really excited to work together. And I was so excited because I was <laughs> like, oh, finally, you know. Um, and it's funny because with her help, she... She loved like two of the scripts mm-hmm. and she was like, writing styles, right? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She's like, you need to make them all like in this, in the same way. So I did that. I wrote two more and, mm-hmm. um, it was really, really nice. Like I, I enjoyed it so much writing them and with her help and her editor's help, like they helped guide me like through it. And it's so funny because the hijab one that I initially wrote, I deleted it. Like I ended up just the like whole thing. the whole thing. I'm <laughs> like this is not it. I was like, I can't. My other ones are so much better. Um, so she really helped me like even just grow like as a writer. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I don't know what I would do without her because I always say this, but if I didn't have her, I'd, my books would probably be a hot mess. <laughs> <laughs> not, not in terms of writing, but just like the way she – because they are so professionally done. Mm-hmm. and It's just, they're so, she just has an eye for these things. So I've, I feel very fortunate to have worked with her. And we
0: interviewed um, Sahin. if anyone wants to listen to her journey and her um, story. She actually uh, started this publication company from her home in Lebanon with no electricity, with the light of a candle. It was such a, an amazing story. So yeah, um, if anyone wants to hear that, just listen to the older episodes um, of the show.
1: Yeah, yeah. And it it was, yeah, she's very inspiring as well. Mm -hmm. um, So I followed all of her directions. And we made a great team. And um, yeah, that's really it. Each book, I want to say probably took me like, and and it's actually, I should say, in the entirety of Mm -hmm. writing all like the time it took to write all of them, I would say, took me about like three months, Mm -hmm. you know, to with all the editing and all the stuff and going back and forth. That's probably how long it took me to write it. That's that's
0: incredible. Mm-hmm. You know, um, no, I don't think many people can say that they popped out five books in three months. Um, <laughs> <mashallah>. <laughs> But if anyone is writing, um, what kind of advice do you have for them?
1: Um, find what you're passionate about. Um, be don't rush through it. Mm-hmm. Take your time come back to it several times, Mm -hmm. take a break from it, walk away a few hours, come back and um, get a good editor. (laughs) (laughs) Um,
0: That's so funny. Um, One thing I want to bring up before we end our show, we have about five minutes left, but what is it like to actually um, manage an Instagram page these days?
1: Oh my gosh, it's like impossible. It's so I, I try not to get like so caught up with the numbers. Um because it is, it's 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 kind of like a full-time job as well. Like you mm-hmm. have to, you know, be always interacting and engaging with everybody. And um it the algorithm kind of makes it difficult for people to grow on the platform, mm-hmm. um, especially if you like they want you to like sponsor your posts and boost your posts and things like that. Mm-hmm. So um, honestly, I'm just like, I try to write for fun uh, right now as like, that's, that's as much as I can do right now, but I can't even imagine like people who do this like all day, every day have a huge platform, big following. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very time consuming. Um, but it is, it's something that you, you have to kind of like manage, especially me because I'm like trying to, Get some of my work out there so that people are familiar with my writing.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, you have to be your own advertiser, basically.
1: Yeah, 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 for sure. You do it. It's, it's kind of like like a portfolio mm-hmm. for yourself.
0: And if you don't have that, um, are there like what are the pros and cons of having an Instagram and not having one um, to to showcase your work?
1: So. I think that it puts you at an advantage if you have that kind of thing to that's public. I mean,
0: as social media pl- platform, right? Not just yeah. Instagram. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, because I think when people are familiar with your writing and they like your writing and it resonates with them, mm-hmm. they will feel more inclined to like, as an author, want to like see what else my work, how, what else I have, you know, coming, or or if, if you know, they might feel more inclined to purchase my books, mm-hmm. you know, or and follow me in the future. Because that's how I am. I feel like if I find an account that is really inspiring or has content that I really like um, when they want to put out something, it's like, Oh, like I'm willing to support this. Mm -hmm. So I feel like that's the benefits of having it Um, maybe not having it. It's kind of like um, you're more relying on those who are close to you, maybe in your circle to kind of spread that word. Whereas, you know, in the other sense, you're kind of like actually putting it out there Mm -hmm. for the public.
0: Can you read an excerpt for us from one of the books and Ooh.
1: which one? <laughs> okay. Um, okay. Here are my books. I don't know. Let me see. Let me, I'll do perceive, believe, achieve. Cause it's my, okay. favorite. and I always talk about how it's my favorite. But I'll do perceive, believe, achieve. Okay. Think of the astounding sight of mountains and their snowy peaks the rumbling volcanoes which from them lava seeps or what about the valleys that run so vast and deep things humans could never create this is Allah's technique and then at the bottom here i wrote it's a it's a verse from the quran mm-hmm. And the earth, we spread it out and placed firmly set mountains. And we have made it grow in it all beautiful kinds of vegetations to give sight and serve as a reminder to every servant who turns to Allah.
0: That's so beautiful. Thank you. I can't Uh wait um, to attend the book launch and inshallah, get my hands on these books and read them.
1: Thank you so much. The support means the world to me. Thank you.
0: If you can give one message to inspire the next generation, what would you say?
1: always be God conscious because if you're God conscious you will always make the right decision that's what I would tell the next generation
0: inshallah. inshallah thank you so much Maryam unfortunately we're at the end of our show but it was amazing um, talking to you today and learning from you and getting you know all of your
1: insight you're so sweet thank you so much for having me I really appreciate it
0: alright take care As-salam. <laughs> you were just listening to the you mentor talk show if you missed this or future shows you can always hear the replay on our you mentor website or on um, our app on the Emocha app thank you for listening today